Buenas and half a day to our listeners on Guam and in the CNMI. It's now time for Total Health right here on Joy FM Radio, where your questions get answered by health professionals. If you have any health-related questions, we would love to hear from you. Call your questions and comments in at 472-1111 or text or WhatsApp 686-9999. If you're in the CNMI, please call 323-1113. Welcome, everybody, to Total Health. Hello and welcome to Total Health. This is Rose Trina and I'm here in the studio today with Dr. Jonathan Thorpe and Elena Tanova. They're both healthcare providers at the Guam SDA Clinic and today we're talking about sugar. Yes, Rose. Hi. Hello. Hi, Dr. Thorpe. We are going to talk everything about sugar, the good, the bad, the ugly, and we will not save any um, information. (laughs) We'll just go straight ahead and talk about sugar. Sugar is bad. Everybody says sugar is so bad. And at the but same it tastes time, so good. It tastes so good. Right. <laughs> Everybody says, no, it is good. And to be honest, when I was researching a little bit more about sugar, I saw so many poems about sugar. Mm. People write poems because they're so much in love with sugar. It's even more exciting than many things that we will find pleasurable. People find sugar pleasurable mm. and really kind of an addiction. It is an addiction for many. It is an addiction, and we wouldn't have been talking about sugar if if we weren't dealing with so much diabetes and obesity. Mm. And we don't have as many, uh, like, studies how the sugar affects Guamanians. We don't have as many studies, but we have many about Americans and around the world. Mm -hmm. And it is a problem because every sixth person in Guam has diabetes. So sad and shocking number. It is so shocking. Yeah. No, I see it on a daily basis. I see many patients, um, you know, back to back in clinic, and many, if not all, of them have diabetes or pre-diabetes or risk factors for it. And so it's a, a tremendous burden of disease here in this portion of the world. And um, in the in the islands, there are actually some of the highest prevalence of diabetes. Meaning, prevalence is a technical term for the number of people in a given population um, that have a condition. So, uh, the prevalence of diabetes. So, X out of 100 people, 5 out of 100, 10 out of 100, etc. Well, as you just mentioned, six out of uh, one in six people have a diagnosis of diabetes. And I don't know off the back of my hand how many have pre-diabetes, and I don't know how many have risk factors for pre-diabetes. So when, when you take the, the cumulative number, uh, you're looking at, I would guess, probably between four and three and four, if not four and five of every six people are at risk or have it. You're right, because 50% of the population, they don't know that they're diabetics until we diagnose them. Correct, correct, yeah. yeah. No, it's a, and screening for diabetes is incredibly important. And if you haven't been screened for diabetes and uh, you have risk factors such as uh, high, uh, elevated weight, um, great increased waistline, et cetera, you should see a healthcare professional for a screening test. I know, but before we go to screening... Am uh, I jumping ahead? Am I jumping ahead today? <laughs> Prevention, of course. Prevention is number one. Mm -hmm. But, well, let's talk about the ugliness of sugar. Okay. Okay. Why sugar, Dr. Torp, is so bad for us? Okay. So, good question. So, sugar is um, a type of carbohydrate. So, unfortunately, because sugar gets a bad rap, carbohydrates get a bad rap, too. And it's really unfortunate because we need carbohydrates, and it's one of the macronutrients that we need. So we need uh, carbohydrates, we need proteins, we need fats in order to have the adequate nutritional intake that our bodies require for daily living. And the sugar is most commonly referred to as a refined type of carbohydrate. And it's um, most commonly in the form of glucose. So glucose is a chemical compound um, and it's, it's a subunit of a starch. So starches are what these carbohydrates are and they're broken down uh, if they're a soluble carbohydrate or soluble starch and then they're absorbed into the body and eventually metabolized to glucose. So um, yeah, sugar is essential for, or sorry, carbohydrates are essential for life, but the problem is the highly refined sugar is not essential for life. Why is that? I mean, all the foods are packed with um, sugars because this increase our energy intake and they're high in calories and that can help us to go through the day. 
Right. So it's actually really interesting. If you look back uh, in the medical literature, in about the 1970s, there was a, a very significant shift um, away from fats to sugars. And the thought was that the fats were really bad. And, oh, man, the fats, they're, telling, you know, they're, they're causing all the heart disease and everything else. And uh, there's some fairly large and very significant journal articles uh, two years ago, if memory serves me correct, in the Journal of American Medical Association that shift that that kind of uncovered um, how there was a lot of industry-sponsored research uh, to downplay um, the the harms of sugar and to um, bring more attention to uh, to fats. And so there was a shift in the 70s to sugar. And if you look at the, the rate of sugar consumption since 1970 in all its forms, because there's many different forms of sugar, um, high fructose corn syrup is a classic example, and it's gone up significantly over the years, um, many-fold increase. And so uh, that has also led to a corresponding increased risk uh, rate of diabetes and all all the other diseases, obesity, um, heart disease, cancer, etc. Yeah, I remember when the American Association came with a logo, fat doesn't make you fat, sugar makes you fat. Right, and and <clears throat> there is a lot of truth to that uh, because excess sugar, if it's not used up right away in the body through the metabolisms, uh, that it's converted to fat in our body. Uh, so that's where a lot of the obesity comes from. Yeah, unfortunately. So coming here, I had to have a treat on my way to the you, clinic. Don't, don't, don't tell me. Did you eat something with sugar? You know, I did not. I did not. I actually went and I bought a very healthy yogurt. Oh, It does yogurt. have uh, monk fruit extract. Okay. So it doesn't have the sucrose. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty good. Okay. Uh, it's healthy. Maybe a little bit pricey, but it was discounted. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it tasted it taste pretty good. good. Did it yes. taste good? Oh, yeah. Good. So yeah. you can find alternatives to something that's so packed with sugars that are detrimental for our health. So is that the only concern that we have with sugars, obesity? No. Oh, well, it's diabetes. obesity and diabetes and all the complications. But I mean, let's, let's think about it in a different way, too. Um, it also is affecting our brain. Um, so there's the, the pleasure pathway in our brain, the dopamine pathway, that uh, leads to addictions. And the sugar plays into that pathway also and uh, causes um, great pleasure. I mean, it is an addiction for many people. Um, and the the highly refined sugars hit those sensors on our tongue because you have to remember our tongue actually holds has only four different sensors, one for s- sugar, one for salt, one for sour, one for bitterness, uh, and all the flavor from food actually comes from its smell of food. And the nose is the one that senses and interprets the the, the smells as flavor, um, but the the sugar directly hits fr- to the tongue, and it goes in a sense. And I'm using lay terms here. It goes straight to the brain. And it hits that dopamine pathway. And that's the same pathway that's affected by cocaine, same pathway that's affected by sex, uh, same pathway that's affected by tobacco and all the other pleasure things that that people indulge in. So uh, there's a um, the way the body is wired, the physiology that God has created. Um, is such that uh, we have pleasure, and we should. We need pleasure from life. But um, industry and and uh, the uh, many others have uh, capitalized on that to create an addiction also. Yeah. One of those poems I was telling you says, I ate a ton of sugar. It made me very sweet. It also made me very round. Now I can't find my feet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so... A little bit of sugar, is it good, Dr. Torp, or is it like sugar in moderation? Is that something that we completely need to exclude from our diet? What is your saying on that? So the recommendation is that we have no more than six teaspoons of sugar per day. And that's from all sources. Sixteen? Six. Zero six. six. Not one six. <laughs> zero six. Um, and I think in a few minutes we're going to kind of play a little game to, to guess how many teaspoons are in different <laughs> types of foods. But um, d- not getting ahead of ourselves. So six teaspoons from all sources. So whether that's a banana or whether that's a soda, six is the maximum we should have. So you're saying that banana has added sugars that we No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. So it has sugar in it. So the maximum amount of sugar that we should have is six teaspoons. Added sugar, you mean something that we add to our food? Correct, yes. The the added sugar, sorry, let me clarify. Added sugar is six teaspoons um, in our diet. So what we find in fruits? Is a natural, a naturally showing fructose is the most common type of sugar in it. But let me ask you, like sugar comes from a sugar cane. And from beets mm-hmm. or coconut. Mm-hmm. So it comes from a plant. Mm-hmm. And then why is so bad? 
Correct, because you've in, in all the processing of those different sugars, you've removed the fiber. Exactly. Right. So the fiber is the the bulk of food. Uh, most of the fiber is absorbed in our body, but it creates like a big sponge. That's the nice way I'd like to describe it. It goes through our 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 system, our gut, and through the intestines, and it allows sugar to be released slowly. Um, it also picks up things like fats and everything else, and kind of pulls them through the system, uh, preventing uh, the body from absorbing it. So the, the when you remove the fiber from the coconut, when you remove the fiber from the beets, when you remove the fiber from bananas, whatever it is, um, and you just take the pure raw sugar that comes of it from through the processing process, you lose all the benefits of that fruit. Exactly. I, I was reading that the date is the sweetest thing that you can eat on earth, the sweetest product that God has made. And it has so much fiber mm-hmm. that when you eat it, your sugar um, doesn't spike. Right. It just stays steady. Mm-hmm. And, you know, goes down easily. So I also read that when you eat an apple, your sugar still stays steady. But when you drink an apple juice, for example, yeah. if you drink it, it, the sugar goes right to 130 and then drops to 50. Yes. Because the pancreas just pours out insulin that starts working and drops your sugar. And then those fluctuations apparently what we are concerned the most right. with. And we're going to pick up more on the mechanism of how the body handles the sugar here in a few minutes' time. Um, I think we're coming up to break here in just a second, but it's it's uh, really amazing how God has created us. And you're right, there's the kind of the gas pedal and the brake pedal. And the, when the body hits that insulin, uh, or sorry, when the body senses the insulin, sorry, senses the sugar, insulin is released. Um, to So it can be pulled into the cells, um, and that causes the sugar to drop, and then that cycle repeats, and like, oh, give me more sugar. So when we get back... We'll talk about sugar. Um, if you're on Guam and you're listening and you have a question, you can call us at 671-472-1111. That's 671-472-1111. If you're calling from the CNMI, call us at 670-323-1113. That's 670-323-1113. You can also text, WhatsApp, or signal us at 671-686-9999. That's 671-686-9999. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after the break. Joy FM, serving up another word made fresh. Isaiah 28, 23 through 28. Listen, pay attention. When a farmer plows for planting, does he plow continually? When he has leveled the surface, does he not sow? Grain must be ground to make bread, so one does not go on threshing it forever. Every day, farmers take on tasks that lead to a harvest. They don't always plow, they don't always plant seed, and they don't always water. They use different tools for different jobs. What the farmer does impacts the lives of countless others. The difficulty the farmer endures brings comfort to our daily bread. That daily bread brings us hope for a new day. That new day was made by God, who gives us daily bread. Isaiah 28, 23 through 28. God knew long before a seed was planted what you would need today. Have you expressed joy in His provision? Another word made fresh from Joy FM. Family Friendly Radio, joyfmradio.net. You may be new here. Maybe you've listened for a long time. If you've been linked in for a while, think back to the difference in your life the more you've listened. Maybe your perspective has changed. Maybe there's been a difference in your family. Maybe you're on the journey of your life and our companionship has made you feel more courageous on the bad days. Maybe you'd like to support the very thing that's supporting you. We are listener supported. Joy FM, family friendly radio. See Joe Osmosi and thanks for listening to Total Health on Joy FM. We want to hear from you. Call in with your health related questions at 472 1111 in Guam or in the CNMI. The number to call is 323 1113. Text or WhatsApp us at 686 9999. And now, back to the show. Hi, and welcome back to Total Health Live. My name is Rose Trina, and I'm here in the studio today with Dr. Jonathan Thorpe and Elena Tanava. They're both healthcare providers at the Guam SDA Clinic, and today we're talking about sugar. Yes, earlier we were talking about low-fat products, but actually low-fat means high sugar. And it we're may. Gonna, yeah, it may. <laughs> it be. may, yeah, yeah. correct. And um, in a minute, we can talk about... Maybe our listeners can guess how much sugar there is hidden sugar in our in the products that we consume on a daily basis. But what would you say, Dr. Torp, um, 
how much we are allowed to eat sugar a day. Uh, so again, the, the maximum that you should be adding to the sugar is six teaspoons of sugar per day. And what about uh, the average American diet? The average American diet is much higher than that. So um, it's anywhere, I, if I remember correctly, between 18 and 24, most people. Is that the number you mm -hmm. run across to? Um, so most Americans are getting about 14, so it should not get any more than 14% of the calories from, diet, from sugar. Um, and the World Health Organization recommends that it's uh, less than 200 calories, so less than 10% of the diet. Um, and even ideally less than 5% um, is really what we should be looking for on a 2,000-calorie diet, which is an average calorie diet for most patients. Um, and the American Heart Association also recommends a maximum of 100 calories for women and children and teens, no more than 150 calories uh, for men. So women's children and teens, no more than 100. Oh, wow. Yeah. And... Um I don't know. Um, I haven't calculated how many sugars, uh, teaspoons I have taken today, but uh, there, there's so much sugar in foods, in and, a and hidden way. It's the many hidden way. And I think that an important thing we need to talk about quickly is um, the different names or the different faces that sugar can be um, represented as because the, the manufacturers and industry have done a very um, uh, careful or <laughs> a deceptive job <laughs> of hiding sugar in many things. Uh, so, you know, some of the names, cane sugar. Uh, right. Example, um, high fructose corn syrup. If you look, high fructose corn syrup is almost in everything. Any packaged product, it comes in. Um, maybe you know a couple other names. Oh, fructose, sucrose. sucrose, sucralose, saccharine. So um, dextrose, honey, brown sugar, um, turbinado sugar, beet sugar, raw sugar, malt sugar syrup, maltose, rice syrup, agave, molasses, Florida crystals, fruit juice, and on and on it goes. Um, it's all of those are, are names for sugar. So a huge, huge issue uh, that's hidden in so many different things. And so many people say, you know, brown sugar is better than white sugar because it's healthier. And there's a, little, <laughs> you know, there's a touch of truth because it's not as highly refined. So like, for example, powdered sugar for pastries versus white sugar versus brown sugar. If I had to, if I had to eat a sugar, I would choose brown sugar. Yeah, brown sugar has a little bit of iron but it's just so negligible. It's very small, but it's at least a little bit. <laughs> it's, uh, at least it's an attempt. Right. And we're going to, in a few healthier. minutes, we're going to talk about sugar alternatives that would be healthier for us uh, altogether. Right. So. And, it, you know, it's interesting. If you look at the amount of sugar that's been consumed um, in the last 100 years, how much has changed? So roughly at the turn of the 1900s, so 1800s to 1900s, there was on average about 10 pounds of sugar that we consumed. And now... Can you guess how many pounds of sugar we're eating on average, an average American eats uh, in an average year? 140. 140 pounds. Oh, I got it. <laughs> you're, you're right. So 140 pounds. So you're going from 10 pounds to 140 pounds. And if you look at the lifestyle changes between 1900 and 2000, drastic. I mean, we went from a very rural population, many were people were agrarian, agricultural-based, to a very urban population, office jobs and lack of movement and everything else. So the combination of those is just a really dangerous combination. Yeah, children as well uh, consume a very high amount right, of sugar. Right, and it's hidden in everything. Start. You know, everything from sweetened beverages, um, breads, rolls, tortillas. I was, I, I continue to be shocked when I pick up the package and look at my uh, bread. How much sugar is in that bread? It's like, I don't even taste it, but it's there. <laughs> uh, to be honest, I was very surprised because I'm coming from Europe and we don't put sugar in our bread. So mm. I was very surprised that there, there must be a sugar in bread. Otherwise, it's not qualified to sugar in the United <laughs> States. Or the alternative is like honey. But right. Yeah, right, right. you're right. Um, sweet bakery products like the donuts. Oh, man, uh, donuts, I have to say, are are tasty, but I mean they are they they hit that dopamine pathway because it's highly refined sugar. It feeds into that addiction problem significantly. You know uh, what donuts means? Do not. Yeah, I know, I know, <laughs> and I, I I've had to make a conscious decision over the years to avoid donuts. I uh, used to eat them more than I do now. Now maybe once every six to twelve months I might have one donut type wow. of thing, very very infrequently because of there's so many other things that are wrong with donuts too. <laughs> Ask me how many I had for the last year. I uh -huh. 
how many? I had zero. Zero. Yes. Well, then you beat me because I had at least one in the last year. <laughs> I go. I look at the box. I open the box. I smell it, and then I'm like, no, I know better, and I close. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> really cover. good. You know, it's interesting. Salad dressing is another one that it's a lot of sugar in it. Um, and the other condiments like ketchup. Ketchup. I was how surprised. Much, how much does ketchup have? Do you so know? in one tablespoon, there is one teaspoon of sugar. Wow. Pure sugar. That's crazy. I mean, here you have a a tomato been smashed up, made into a puree, made into this beautiful red sauce that tastes really good. And what have they done? Add more sugar. <laughs> and you can, so you can find sugar-free ketchup. And I would encourage our listeners to look for sugar-free ketchup as an alternative um, to regular ketchup. Right. Uh-huh. Ready to eat cereals, another huge source of sugar for many, um, many people. So um, whether it be the Cheerios or the Corn Flakes or the Raisin Bran or... Um, the pops or whatever they all the different names of the sugars. I don't even know what they're all called. They're supposed to be healthy though. Uh, they, they, they look healthy because they put a strawberry or they put a blueberry in the bowl <laughs> uh, on the picture of the package and all of a sudden it is healthy but it really isn't. <laughs> exactly and uh, the low fat yogurt we think that we are eating something healthy because it's low fat but then we don't realize how many sweeteners are inside how much sugar is right. inside right, right, right. and actually this is the richest one it has 45 grams of sugar. Wow. 11, 11 teaspoons of sugar in a low-fat, what we consider a healthy yogurt. And that's just a single cup of yogurt, like a little container. So it's almost like you're drinking sugar water that's exactly. been thickened a little bit with milk. Exactly. Yeah, so a lot of sugar. Okay, what about barbecue sauce? Barbecue sauce. Two tablespoons co- co- contain around 28 grams of sugar. Wow, incredible. Now, th- that's, that's crazy. So what about sh- um, juices? Juices, it's a pure sugar. We don't have any fiber there. It can vary from a fruit to a fruit, Uh but it's like a pure sugar load. Yeah, and I mean, if you look on the package... Many of them are come from a concentrate. So whenever you see the word concentrate, you've got to be doubly concerned because they've taken the, the fruit, they have evaporated or removed all the water from it, and it just the flavor plus the natural occurring sugars, and then they reconstitute by adding water, and then they add more sugar to that. So one has to be really careful. Um, even if it's labeled 100% juice, you've got to look carefully and just eat the whole fruit. That would be the better option. Of course. Uh, you know, there is a drink. It's called Chamorro Punch. Okay. It's very popular here. Guess how, mu- how many grams there is per serving? Of sugar? Of sugar. Uh, 24. Oh, uh, you're so far from it. Okay, how many? 58. 58. I've never seen 58 okay, so, on so any So here's a good rule of thumb. So divide the number of grams by six to get how many teaspoons. Okay. Okay, so let's say 60. Let's just rule it up. Yes, roll it around 10 it So 10 teaspoons in a cup of, of drink. So again, almost pure sugar. Yeah. yeah. If you drink a soda a day, you guarantee to have diabetes. Absolutely. If you keep on doing that daily. Absolutely. And sports drinks are another one that have a lot of it. So in a, in a 20 ounce. So that's a half of a liter, 590 ml bottle of a sports drink. Many of them contain about 32 grams of added sugar, um, which is about nine teaspoons um, of, of added sugar. So a lot there. Chocolate milk is another one. So one cup of chocolate milk has about um, two and a half, no, t- almost three uh, teaspoons of added sugar in it. Granola. Um, 100 grams of granola, uh, between five and seven teaspoons of sugar. Um, flavored coffees, another one, 11 teaspoons of sugar um, in, a, in a cup of uh, flavored coffee. Yeah, so basically with your breakfast, you eliminated all those six uh, uh, with, allowance. Within one six. thing on your exactly. breakfast, and you usually have three or four things. I mean, the, uh, many, for many, a, a bowl of cereal plus a cup of milk plus a cup of fruit juice. You know, the, right there you're looking at probably three to four times what your daily sugar intake has done, and that's in the first meal of the day. And then if you decide to be healthy and go to the gym and you take an energy drink, right. you add even much more to that. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, so I think the key messages are that sugar is hidden almost in everything, that sugar has many different names, whether it be fructose, sucrose, high fructose corn syrup, um, maltose, dextrose, um, uh, cane sugar, molasses, you know, molasses. I mean, the, the list goes on and on of things that all contain the same thing, which is sugar. So it's in many things, it's many different names, and there's way more than what we need for our health. Yeah, even six months old babies are um, overweight, and this is because you know mothers are accustomed to 
take uh, high sugar intakes and pass it through the breast milk. And it is certainly concerning because children are growing with this excessive amount of sugar. Right. Right, right, definitely. Huge problem. Huge problem. So, so I guess well, you know, one of the questions is, um, you know, what is the mechanism for diabetes? And, we can, and we're going to get into this a little bit more in the next section, but um, how, how does sugar play directly into diabetes? That's been a question I've had and one that we're going to discuss through a little bit more. Um, and it's really interesting because I'm, we're going to share a little tip that it's not only the sugar, it's also the fats. So it's, it's a complex interplay of many things. But I love this saying. I love this saying that is said about our our destiny. Um, that we uh, let me just pull it up here. <laughs> Blanking on the name. Your genes are not your destiny. Your lifestyle is your destiny. The changes you make today will change your lifestyle and ultimately change your future. So just because your parents, just because uncles and aunts, um, and other people in your family tree have diabetes, they have heart disease, it doesn't mean that you have to have it. You know, they say it's not your DNA, but it's your dinner. Mm-hmm. And it's your, not your lineage, but it's your lunch. Right. And not where you were born, but your breakfast right. that um, makes you healthy. Exactly. Well, and that's the music cueing us for our next break. So we'll go ahead and go to break. Before we do that, if you're listening from Guam and you'd like to call in with a question, you can call us at 671-472-1111. That's 671-472-1111. In the CNMI, call us at 670-323-1113. That's 670-323-1113. You can also send us a message via text, WhatsApp, or Signal at um, 671-686-9999. That's text, WhatsApp, or Signal at 671-686-9999. It's free from the CNMI, and if you're tuned in via Facebook, leave a question in the comment section below or just send it to us via Messenger. When we come back, we'll be talking about sugar and diabetes. Are you comfortable in your own skin? Comfortable with who you are? A lot of us aren't, and it makes us act contrary to our true self, often because we're afraid of what others think about us. But how often do you really stop and think, who am I? God made you a unique creation. No one else has your blend of personality, talents, abilities, and even quirks. He designed you to be yourself. Don't live for others' approval. It's your skin. Live in it. Joy FM, family-friendly radio. She lives in an apartment not too far from here. She rarely goes out. If the neighbors think of her at all, it's only to recall her eccentric nature. He lives in one of those pay-by-the-week motels in the old part of town. His drink is usually found inside a plain paper bag. He rarely shaves, and he needs a bath. No one is really sure where the little girl lives. She wears thick glasses, is the last to be picked in school games, and her name is either made fun of or simply forgot. He lives in a big house on the nice side of town. From his window, he can see golf balls take flight. Most people think he has it all. He knows better, but no one listens. They come in all shapes and sizes. They are largely ignored and easily forgotten. They can mask the pain. They can pretend it doesn't matter. Yet inside, something crumbles. Jesus said, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve the lonely, the eccentric, the drunk, the rich, the forgotten. Will you meet the lonely person today? A message from Joy FM. Family Friendly Radio, joyfmradio.net. Welcome back. You're listening to Total Health on Joy FM. Call in with your health-related questions to 472-1111 in Guam. If you live in the CNMI, we want to hear from you too. Call 323-1113 or text or WhatsApp us at 686-9999. And now, here's more Total Health. Hi, welcome back to Total Health. My name is Rose Trina and I'm here in the studio today with Dr. Jonathan Thorpe and Elena Tanova. And they're both healthcare providers at the Guam SDA Clinic. Um, We were talking about diabetes and sugar, but also fats relation to diabetes. But before that, we're going to jump into a call from a listener. MJ is calling with a question about honey. Hello, MJ. Hi. Hi. Welcome. Good afternoon, half a day. Good afternoon and half a day. How about honey, bud? Thank you, MJ, for asking the question about honey. So if I understand your question is, is honey bad? Is that your question? Yeah, it has too much sugar. Good question. So honey is also, um, it's a natural product. Um, it's made obviously by the bees, and 
So in that sense, it's not a refined product uh, because the bee has made it and it's, uh, I mean, it's taken out of the honeycomb and there's a little bit of processing with it. So uh, um, of the, on the spectrum of processed sugars, it is a healthier option. But that being said, honey is very sweet and it still has a lot of sugar in it. And yes, it's naturally occurring sugar. So using it sparingly instead of um, highly refined white sugar is a better and healthier option. Uh, but I would still recommend eating um, even healthier options. That would be full fruits like the mangoes, like um, papaya, uh, papaya, watermelon. Except watermelon, if you can find it. Um, those types of sources of sugar rather than honey. Yeah, actually, MJ, there is a Bible verse in the Bible in Proverbs twenty-five, twenty-seven that says, it is not good to eat much honey. <laughs> a lot of wisdom there. <laughs> a lot of wisdom. So many years ago, honey is good. Of course, it's our better alternative, but still too much of it, of course, we can't support. Right. Thank you, MJ, for calling. I really appreciate the question. And for other callers, I know we've already listed the phone numbers several times, but please feel free to call in with your questions and we'll uh, answer them for you. But you know, I'm going uh, with MJ's question. Uh, are there any alternatives that we really can use instead Good question. Of that? Good question. I think that, you know, there are several healthy alternatives. So first of all, the, the healthiest would be the full unprocessed fruit. So as you mentioned, papaya is a good example. So papaya is grown wildly, widely and wildly. <laughs> the double W word. <laughs> Especially in Guam. <laughs> so, um, you know, driving down the road, I can see the papaya trees on the sides of the road growing naturally. So papaya is a very good option. Pineapple, where it's grown. Um, guava, um, star fruit. Uh, star apple. I've discovered the star apple. Oh my goodness. Isn't Those are amazing? so good, especially exactly. if they're um, ripened to perfection. Really tasty. Um, if, if you are buying off island produce, so apples, peaches, nectarines, um, these different fruits are the healthiest options to get our sugars from. So, in lieu of that, if you're going to need to add something sweet to your food, then I would suggest a sugar alternative. And that would be the healthiest, in my opinion, is the stevia or equivalent of the natural um, produce. So stevia is a herb and it's roughly 200 times sweeter than sh table sugar. So you need very, very small amounts so it has no calories in it. And there are a number of different companies that produce stevia products and they usually comes in liquid form. You can also get it in a powdered form and you can add it to your food item or um, your drink. So for example, many times I'll have a cup of um, herbal tea in the morning and add two to three drops of, of stevia in it and it makes it, gives it that sweet flavor to it. But it's not having all the other harms that come along with the artificial sweeteners such as aspartame or other chemical sweeteners that are put into drinks. Um, there's also um, some very uh, really neat flavored stevia products out there. So there's a company that makes water drops um, or, and they're made from stevia and they have different flavors. So everything from caramel and chocolate to um, different fruits and my kids, they love these. <laughs> Daddy, can we have a cup of tea, they call it. Um, and so, you know, quite often my wife and I will take sparkling water, um, carbonated water, and put some ice in it and then just add a couple drops of flavor to it and so that way you kind of get that bubbly taste in the mouth like you would from a soda, but you don't have any artificial sweeteners which give headaches and you know have all other side effects that come with it. And you just have the, the natural plant-based alternative, which is a stevia. So if you're going to use it, something like that would be an option. I know we were talking through some other different options beforehand, right. too. like agave nectar. Agave nectar would be another option. Right. Yeah. I mean, there is a lot of research against and you know, for it. Um, but my favorite is um, the monk fruit. And I, you know, I don't have a lot of experience using monk fruit. I'm going to have to say it's 250 times sweeter than sugar. Okay, so even sweeter than the stevia. Yes, and it's very popular even in Guam. You can buy it here. Mm -hmm. so, so all those alternatives, they're good. And of course, we cannot say since they're good, go ahead and like eat as much as you want to. Of course. We still need to put some. Our what limitations. was the Bible verse again? The Bible verse: <laughs> It's not good to eat too much sugar. <laughs> <laughs> right, not too good to eat too much honey. And so that's an. I think it's a good, important biblical principle to be following. Because if you look back to 
the Genesis diet. If you look back to the Daniel diet, what was it? I, I didn't see sugar there. Fruits I, and vegetables fruits and, and, vegetables, and grains. Right. Exactly. exactly. So the whole fruits, the whole products. And so if you can recognize it, this is a good rule of thumb. If you can recognize the fruit. So if you look at uh, something, it shows apple or applesauce or apple puree. You can't, if you saw an apple puree, you wouldn't know where it came from. Applesauce, you might have an idea. But apple itself, oh, I can recognize where that came from. And so the, the less um, uh, processed it is, the more na uh, original it looks, the better it is for you. And I think I, we have another question, question about agave. Is it natural and organic? What's the answer to that? Do you know? Um, so this is more of a marketing, I believe, yeah. natural or organic, in right. order to make it in right. a way that sounds more right. appealing and yeah. better. You know, we, we are for those alternatives as long as we don't overdo it. Right. And how much is to overdo it? We don't have as much research in order to say, but a little bit to sweeten up yeah. our breakfast, our meal, that's enough. Right. We shouldn't go. And to answer the specific yeah. question of the caller, yes, agave is natural, and yes, uh, agave is organic also. So let's talk about the mechanism of the onset of diabetes, because I think that's a question that many people have asked me um, about how does diabetes start? And is it my genes that determine whether or not I get diabetes? Or is it just sugar that I determine that I eat my diabetes? And I want to uh, introduce something called the concept of epigenetics. So epigenetics is really a fascinating um, science. science. We don't fully understand the idea behind it. But basically, there's different um, post, what we call post-transcriptional modifications that occur to DNA. So DNA is our genetic code that determines our, the, um, that codes for every protein in our body. So your fingernail, for example, is determined by your DNA. Your, the color of your eye is determined by your DNA. Um, so these different um, pieces of DNA encode different genes. The genes encode proteins, et cetera. Epigenetics is the, um, is the study of um, the modification of DNA naturally within the body um, to determine whether a certain portion of the DNA is expressed or not. And there are many different epigenetic modifiers that, can, um, that are present on a daily basis. So, for example, our the, development, the developmental uh, environment for which our children are raised in, both um, before conception occurs... Um, during the time of the pregnancy, as the child is born, is during the, the youngest formative years of their life, all those factors determine which genes will be expressed or not. So just because you have a gene doesn't necessarily mean that you will have expression of that gene over time. Um, environmental chemicals, tobacco, chemicals in our environment, alcohol, another very common one, can modify the, expre the expression of genes through an epigenetic mechanism. Drugs and pharmaceutical products. Um, aging in itself also modifies it. And guess what diet does too? That's where <laughs> I'm getting to with this is that I want to just show how powerful diet is um, in this. And then also the environment in our gut. So in our intestines, the types of bacteria in our intestines also very significantly change the expression of genes um, in our bodies. And so many of these different factors lead to... Um, the uh, the onset of disease and the expression of disease, and it's really fascinating because the Bible talks about how the sins of your of your fathers are passed on to the second and third generations. The epigenetic um, code or and the epigenetic expression is passed on roughly two to three generations. So, wow. um, the Bible alluded to this <laughs> when it made this comment uh, in the Old Testament about how our sins are passed on to the second and third generation. So the choices I make affect my grandchildren. My wow. grandchildren. So if I choose to eat unhealthy foods, I'm not only hurting my health, I'm hurting my children's health, and I'm hurting my children's children's health also. So huge, huge, um, it, it, it puts the weight of the responsibility largely on us. And when you look at um, the environment, you know, there's many different factors. Um, for example, I choose to exercise, I choose not to exercise. I choose to drink a soda, I choose to eat a price of fresh food. I choose to eat pizza versus I choose to eat some fresh vegetables. Um, I choose to inhale cigarettes versus inhale fresh, clean air. All of that expresses the genes, uh, the expression of the genes in our DNA. 
And that's where the next step of understanding this kind of what somewhat complex mechanism is looking at how the standard American diet, which I, which many people, including myself, abbreviate as the SAD diet, SAD, standard American diet. It is a SAD diet because it's caused a huge amount of suffering in the um, nation. We're going to come back and talk about how that um, affects the onset of diabetes directly. If you have a question, you can call us. Uh, if you're listening from Guam, call us at 671-472-1111. That's 671-472-1111. If you're calling in the CNMI, then go ahead and dial 670-323-1113. That's 670-323-1113. Or send us a message via text, WhatsApp, or Signal. That's text, WhatsApp, or Signal at 671-686-9999. That's 671-686-9999. It's free from the CNMI. If you're tuned in via Facebook, you can leave your question or comments in the comment section below or just send it to us via Messenger. We'll be right back after this break. You could have a break today. Or you could find encouragement for those non-break kind of days. You could do exactly what you want today. Or you could notice the need of a neighbor and offer help. You could say, that's not my problem. Or you could recognize a struggle and pray for a solution. You could, you can, you should. There are times you could use a shift in your thinking and we work that kind of shift. We are supported by you. Joy FM, family friendly radio. Memories are important. You might remember air hockey or a video game, a record or a digital download, a pay phone or a cell phone. Sometimes we forget to remember. You see, there are some things that will always lead you to a place of praise, and it happens when you remember. Spend time touring the God's Goodness Hall of Fame. Discover rich connections to the moments of blessing. These memories invite praise to start all over again. That's a good thing. Remember, praise, repeat. From Joy FM, family-friendly radio. And we're back with more Total Health. Give us a call with your medical questions. Number to call in Guam is 472-1111. If you're in the seat of mind, the number to call is 323-1113. Or you can text or WhatsApp us at 686-9999. Now back to the program. Hi, and welcome back to Total Health Live. We have about 13 minutes left of today's show, so if you have a question, don't forget to call it in. But also, um, we're talking about sugar, so stay tuned. It's a really, really interesting conversation today. Thanks, Rose Trina. And, you know, Elena, we were talking just before we went to break about the standard American diet and how that really affects the onset of diabetes. And so I'm going to try and take a really complex pathway and try to, without a whiteboard, try to draw a visual picture for our listeners to understand kind of the different factors that are contributing to the onset of diabetes. So if you take this typical quote-unquote standard American diet, which is a diet that is high in what? Sugar. And? Fat. And? Sugar, fat, and? Highly processed foods primarily. So not the whole foods, the whole grains, the whole plants, the whole fruits, um, the whole beans, but rather highly processed foods that have all those things you can take in common, including high salt too. So if you take that um, and you you look at the gut itself, um, our intestines. That that diet compared to a whole food plant based diet, it alters the types of bacteria that we have growing in our gut. And then you add in things like antibiotics um, that further alters and, ch- and changes the gut uh, bacterial um, uh, response. And that uh, changes the different types of fatty acids that are produced in the body uh, from that. And that ultimately leads leads to changes in the autoregulation of the blood glucose and high blood sugar results. So that's just from the bacterial in our gut, okay? If we come back to the standard American diet and we look at the number of excess calories that comes typically with that diet, it results in a number of hormonal changes in our fat tissue um, that changes uh, to, to sorry that results in increase in the inflammatory markers. So it's a usually a diet that's high in pro-inflammatory substances, and we have an increased level of inflammation in our body, and that leads to insulin resistance ultimately. Insulin, as we mentioned, is kind of like the key 
to open up the gate or the door to bring um, sugar from the bloodstream into the muscle, the brain tissues, all the different cells in our body. So insulin is vital. It's, it's absolutely essential because without insulin, you don't end up bringing the sugar in to be used. And that's partly what happens is when you get insulin resistance, you're like, I got to eat more, got to eat more, I got to eat more because your cells inside of the cell, it's starving for food and the, the, the sensors are there saying, I need more food. No, you really don't. You need to get the sugar into the cells itself. So the insulin resistance, again, leads that changes in the glucose regulation and that leads to high blood glucose. And all of that leads eventually to damaging the pancreatic cells. So the pancreatic cells is where the insulin is produced. And uh, that results in increases release of, increased release of insulin. And so insulin kind of chasing now. So we have insulin resistance. So we end up getting more insulin, which then furthers that cycle, it results in uh, more dysregulation of the sugar. And it also feeds back to increased hunger and back to standard American diet. So the bottom line is that the, incre the standard American diet leads to changes in the guts, back bacteria, so the types of bacteria that are growing there. We need bacteria in our system. I mean, they're very, very healthy bacteria, but it's a different type and not quite as healthy as a whole food plant-based diet would be. And the excess number of calories lead to changes in, at, in the hormonal level, resulting in changes in the insulin sensitivity, leading to insulin resistance, and leading ultimately to high sugar in our bloodstream and it's just a downward cycle from there. And the insulin, the high insulin levels also result in many other problems, such as cancer. So the high insulin is pro-carcinogenic. It leads to um, the development of excess, or excess blood t uh, vessels in our, in our tissues um, in response to the growth signals that are there. It leads to the proliferation of cells. And so um, interestingly and kind of sadly, um, exogenous insulin that we use to inject people because of diabetes also increases the rate for cancer too. So we've got about five to seven minutes left. Let's talk about what tangible steps you can take to reverse either pre-diabetes or diabetes and potentially come off medications or at least reduce the volume of the amount uh, and the number of medications you're on. So can we really do something? Because if my grandparents were diabetics and my aunts are diabetics and everybody around me had those genes and they kind of passed them on me, is it something I can do about right. it. And, and I, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, I think it's really, really, really important that you remember, that we all remember that our genes are not our destiny. Our lifestyle is our destiny. What we choose today, the changes that we make today will change our lifestyle and ultimately change our future and change our health. So we can make some really positive changes today. So as a nurse practitioner, what are like the top three things you t help coach patients in to change and transform their lifestyle to the better, to reverse their risk factors? or to reverse the disease itself. Luckily, nowadays with the epigenetic, we know that we can turn on and off genes according to our lifestyle. So we go with a new start program, which we are very, you know, happy to use that program. Proper nutrition, proper exercise, water, plenty of water. I didn't know that if you drink enough water a day, it just fat doesn't have place where to go. It is actually a new study that came that if you are very well hydrated, you're less likely to be obese, which is amazing. So then... And um, W stands for water, start as for sunshine. Mm -hmm. Those, I will tell you, more than three. You yeah. know, temperance and everything, fresh air, rest, right. and trust. And I think those are very good overarching principles. And I want to drill down a little bit more specifically mm -hmm. um, to like choices that you can make at your the grocery store or the farmer's market and at the table. So working towards transforming your plate from a highly processed to a natural array of colors and textures and food items is really, really key. So think about what our ancestors ate 100 years ago, 150 years ago. Here on the islands, as I understand it, it was the taro. It was sweet potatoes. Breadfruit. Breadfruit. Coconut. Coconuts. It's all these. And in the entirety, in the full piece, and it was, it was fish for their protein source primarily. Um, unfortunately, our oceans have become more and more contaminated, so even fish may not be as healthy, but 
um, the fish is fish was a very significant part of the diet. But the the goal that I would recommend to patients to pursue is a half. Sorry, listeners, you're not my patients. <laughs> right now. My listeners um, to pursue is half of your plate being colorful fruits and vegetables every meal. Every meal. Oh, the rainbow. The rainbow. And it, because if you aim for a rainbow of colors, you'll get all the micronutrients that you need. And that all the, all those fr- vegetables have high fiber contents that allows the slow, gradual release of sugar into your body. It sucks up the fat. It um, per- um, allows for um, volume uh, in, so in your stomach to feel full and not to feel hungry. So half of your plate, half, 50%, not 40%, not 25%, half of the plate being steamed or fresh vegetables is really the goal. The other thing that's really important is watching the fat side too. So I didn't touch on talking about this so much in the mechanism a minute ago, but the buildup of fat in our liver and our muscles directly correlates to insulin resistance. And the more we look into this, it's as much of a sugar problem is also a fat problem. And so the highly processed fats or animal products on our plates are also really dangerous too. So shifting that other quarter of the plate from animal protein to plant-based protein, meaning beans primarily, is a is a wonderful choice you can make. I remember this last year, a patient who came into my clinic, his hemoglobin A1C, the marker for sugar for, the, for diabetes that we use to track to monitor um, diabetes control was 12.6 or 12.8, somewhere 12 point something. And he took our advice seriously by going to half a plate of vegetables every meal. Wow. And he cut out the animal products and ate more beans, the brown rice. Guess what his hemoglobin A1C number dropped to in three months time? Eight. Lower. Really? Six. What? Six. And so for reference, 6.5 in his his diabetes, 6.5 and above his diabetes, 6.5 to 5.7 is pre-diabetes, less than 5.7 is normal. And we are working towards, we ha- we're down to half of one medicine now. We're working towards getting down to zero medicines and less than that 5.7 through a combination of exercise, through a combination of ch- careful choices on the food and avoidance of packaged, highly processed foods. And we will have put diabetes into remission. The definition of remission for diabetes is less than 5.7 for 12 months off medicines. And we can do it. You can do it. Listener, you can do it. What was the Bible text again? Um, too much honey. It's not good. It's not good. So too much honey. And that, that could be a universal saying. Too much sugar is not good. Too much fat is not good. But looking at a rainbow of colors across a spectrum of different textures and different types of fruits and vegetables, whatever is available for you, because every island, every spot has some naturally grown produce. Um, that, And I recognize that in some of our listening areas that you are living in food deserts and it's very, very difficult. But as much as possible, try to focus towards that goal. And especially living in the era with uh, COVID-19, uh, we really lower our immune system if we consume high uh, processed foods and sugars. Did you know that one white blood cell can kill 48 bacteria mm. if the sugar is normal in the blood. But mm. if, if it is elevated, it can kill only one. Wow. Can you imagine that's that? Amazing. And that's why people that have elevated sugars, their wounds just cannot heal. Yeah. And infection keeps on. I'm so glad for this there. conversation today, Elena, because I've learned a lot uh, from the different things that you've shared. And uh, I like that uh, a few of those sayings you had earlier on <laughs> about sugar. And I want to just encourage every listener that you can, through positive choices, transform, radically transform your health to the better. You've been listening to Total Health Live. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, Dr. Thorpe and Elena, thank you so much for coming in today and talking with us about sugar. Um, You know, it was very informative and also it was really, really helpful, I'm sure. Thanks, Rosina. Glad. And I look forward to the next time that I can be back again. Thank you. Be sure to check with your doctors before making any sudden life changes discussed today. Total Health is brought to you in partnership with Guam Seven Day Adventist Clinic, where health is their mission. We look forward to seeing you next Wednesday. Thank you and see Jewish Masi for listening to Total Health right here on Joy FM.